Welcome to The Conscious Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Alex Raymond. This is the only podcast that is 100% dedicated to the well-being of entrepreneurs. Now, I know that being an entrepreneur is a long journey and it can be really tough. So on this show, we won't be sharing generic hero stories or talking about mythical unicorns. Instead, we'll get straight to the heart of what matters most, giving you tools and resources to grow, thrive, and succeed as an entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with incredible founders, CEOs, coaches, and authors to help you be more resilient and inspired as you build the business of your dreams. Welcome to The Conscious Entrepreneur, the podcast where we dive deep into the heart and soul of entrepreneurship. Today, we're exploring a topic that's crucial yet often overlooked in the business world, mental health. As entrepreneurs, we're no stranger to the roller coasters of highs and lows that come with building a business. But how often do we stop to consider the impact this journey has on our mental well-being? Joining me today is Dr. Michael Freeman, a renowned psychiatrist, a serial entrepreneur, and a leading researcher in the field of entrepreneur mental health. Dr. Freeman has dedicated his career to understanding the unique mental health challenges faced by entrepreneurs advocating for a world where mental health is not just a private struggle, but a shared responsibility. In this episode, we'll uncover why the conversation on mental health is not just important, but essential for entrepreneurs. We'll delve into Dr. Freeman's groundbreaking research, explore the common mental health conditions prevalent among entrepreneurs, and discuss practical strategies for maintaining mental wellness. So whether you're a startup founder, a seasoned business owner, or just interested in the intersection of entrepreneurship and mental health, this episode is for you. Thanks for being here and tuning in to the Conscious Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, Dr. Michael Freeman, thanks so much for joining the Conscious Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for including me uh, in the podcast and in your series. I think it's great what you're doing, and I'm really honored to be here with you. You have such an interesting perspective and history and background of studying the mental health of entrepreneurs, and you are uh, the lead author on a, a really compelling paper, Are Entrepreneurs Touched with Fire, that came out in 2015. And I wanted to start today by by reading and then getting you to react to what I think is one of the most interesting passages uh, in that paper. So uh, for anyone who is not familiar with it, highly, highly recommend uh, downloading and checking out that paper. But you've got some stuff right at the beginning uh, when you start to talk about the analysis and and the work that really struck a chord. And and actually, Michael, I read this, uh, these two paragraphs at the beginning of the Conscious Entrepreneur Summit that we just had in June. And I would love to get your notions of what this means and and how your thinking has evolved since you wrote it. So here we go. The barriers to success are virtually unlimited and most startups fail as a result. Entrepreneurs have lower initial earnings, lower earnings growth, lower long-term earnings, greater work stress, and more psychosomatic health problems than employees. Why would anyone voluntarily accept the longer work hours, fewer weekends and holidays, more responsibility, chronic uncertainty, greater personal risk and struggle, and greater investment of emotional and physical resources required to be an entrepreneur instead of the security and long-term rewards of having a career? 
By conventional standards, choosing to be an entrepreneur is an exercise in bad judgment. <laughs> and when I read that, everybody laughed because they're all sitting there questioning our life choices and what it is that we have uh, done there. But your research shows two parts to this. And uh, what I'm curious about is what are your reflections on the typical profile of an entrepreneur and how does that differ from everyone else who's out there? Thanks for bringing that to that lead-in. It was true when I wrote it, and it continues to be true. The research over and over and over again demonstrates that entrepreneurs would have had more successful lives by a number of metrics had they pursued a career instead. When you compare the entrepreneurs with comparably educated professionals, managers, executives, uh, by all those metrics you just mentioned, uh, the, the career people do better. And yet, uh, there is a never-ending stream of people who are attracted into entrepreneurship and who, uh, once they get started, don't want to don't want to quit. In fact, when as as you know, um, most of these companies do fail, and the most common circumstance is that when a business is failing, the founder is already thinking about what business they're going to start next. The idea of getting a job is, um, you know, not the most common solution. So to your question, are entrepreneurs different? Since my version of our entrepreneurs touched with fire, the answer is yes. That is what the research has shown us over and over again. And the way I explain it to the entrepreneurs is that um, it's hard to live among earthlings. You know, you you're you look like an earthling, you walk like an earthling, you talk like an earthling, and everybody thinks that you're an earthling, but you're not. You're different. And it's just a reality that you have to somehow adjust to and cope with and and uh, make peace with. What are the differences? The differences are primarily in personality traits which are 50% genetically transmitted. When it's genetically transmitted, that means to a certain extent, it's not really a choice. You don't really have a choice about whether you have brown eyes or blue eyes, whether your skin is one color or another color. Even as time goes on, it becomes clear that gender is not really freely chosen, that all of this is highly coded. Can it be shaped by the environment that you grow up in and you live in? Yes. It's a lot easier to be an entrepreneur in America where rugged individualism is admired versus Japan where individualism is looked upon, you know, askance. But the hardwiring is the hardwire. So that's the basic answer. Now, um, we can talk about those personality traits in a minute, but what is relevant for 
your listeners, anybody listening to this, to know if you are an entrepreneur, odds are you have some or all of those personality traits. And those personality traits associate with a portfolio of mental health conditions, truly diagnosable mental health conditions. And what we don't want is for you to go off the rails. So, you know, for example, in this uh, follow-up study to the one, Alex, that you just mentioned, um, my colleagues and I studied uh, a thousand entrepreneurs, and we found that three that there was a 3% suicide rate among these people. It's a very wow. good sample that we did this with the Gallup organization, and we got a, a national probability sample, a very good, robust methodology. 3.3% suicidality, suicide attempts, 1.7% psychiatric hospitalization. And about 40% of this whole group had one or more diagnosable mental health conditions. So uh, that's worth knowing because the symptoms from those mental health conditions can derail your personal life and your professional life. And they can mostly be prevented. That's part one. Part two is that they're also associated with superpowers, and you can make those superpowers work for you, and that's part of why entrepreneurs succeed. Long answer to Yeah, well, that, this but, is part of what I think is so interesting. Uh, all good. I mean, this, is, this is part of what I think is so interesting about your research is that you know it's not just saying entrepreneurs have these mental, mental health uh, challenges and there's a crisis of mental health among entrepreneurs and so on. You know, there's a lot of, um, or there's increasing awareness around that being the case. But what I really like about the way that you've approached this and the way that you're, you're doing it is you're saying these, these mental health challenges go in concert with the things that make entrepreneurs who they are. So if you are going to be highly creative and driven and autonomous and, uh, you know, out there trying to make an impact on the world and, and shape the world according to your vision. What what I understand you saying is there's research that then shows those attributes are then linked to potential for mental health health challenges. And having those come together is fascinating because to me at least it gives a very full picture of the entrepreneur as a human. So I I, I like that. What surprised you about learning about this data, what were the things that really jumped out at you and you thought, wow, I never thought about that? One thing that really surprised me is that, well, there are a number of surprises. One thing that really surprised me is the extent to which if an entrepreneur has one mental health condition, there's a likelihood of also having a second. So if an entrepreneur has ADHD, there's a likelihood of also having anxiety or substance use issues or something like that. So there's um, a group of entrepreneurs that are even more at risk than your average bear. Um, another thing that surprised me is that we got some pretty compelling evidence to indicate counterintuitively, unless you stop to think about it, that entrepreneurs with 
mental health conditions can actually get better business outcomes than entrepreneurs who don't have mental health conditions. Now, that's a surprise because everybody has been brought up in the world of shame and stigma around mental health to think that mental health conditions are some kind of disability or some kind of liability or limitation or whatever. But in our data, what we found was that did Kate Spade, for example, have mental health issues that ultimately caused her to die by suicide? Yes, and that was really tragic. Did she also have unbelievable business outcomes and build, build this billion-dollar brand company that became global? Yes. And so if you happen to be a venture capitalist and you have entrepreneurs in your portfolio that have mental health conditions, and the odds are you have a lot of them, what that means is it's, it's very worthwhile to get ahead of the dark side of all this because um, the, the upside is just so great. So that was a surprising finding. And um, until, you, until you think about it, if you think of these all-star, highly visible entrepreneurs who knock it out of the park, you know, like Richard Branson, for example, they actually uh, are, talk about their mental health issues and you can see how it all comes together. Andy Dunn has been out wow. there recently talking about bipolar disorder, and he has, he's yeah. another mm -hmm. he's another example. Right, he's someone who's who's had an incredible business, incredible outcome with uh, Bonobos, very successful person, and very open and, with and I suffering think two with hospitalizations, bipolar disorder, and all that that's going on. Yeah. Now, how, in your view, how do these traits? if we can call them traits, both empower and challenge entrepreneurs. So they're, they're two sides of a, of a, of a blade, if you will. It sounds like there's, there's different elements of it. And, and you mentioned Kate Spade as an example. Um, but what are the, what are the sort of trade-offs there? How do you see both kind of the empowerment and the challenge side of these personality traits? My basic principle is that these superpowers are a good thing, but too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. So um, I mean, let's talk about the two of us here on this podcast because we're both entrepreneurs and we both have some of this flavoring in our own personalities. We won't, we wouldn't be here talking to each other if we weren't, we weren't both extroverted. Extroverts are social, they're people, they like people, they get energized off of uh, being involved with, you know, uh, interpersonal events, and they find each other. Uh, and entrepreneurs, uh, on average, tend to be more extroverted, and as a result, entrepreneurs are always going to conferences like the ones you, you host, because that's what extroverts do. They like they find like uh -huh. people, and so this is part of why you're so successful. And um, 
it's helped me be a better communicator about these issues that I care about so much. But so it's a good thing. But too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And what we find in the mental health literature is that, um, well, if you are always expressing yourself, you're not stopping to listen to the other person. And um, if you are so energized by being out there socially, you don't take time to wind down and recharge yourself, which I know this is something that you talk about all the time. And then taking it one step further, uh, extroversion is actually associated with two different mental health conditions, one of them being ADHD and the other being bipolar spectrum conditions. And so it's part of, you know, this this continuum that where you can go over the edge. So that's that's kind of how I mm-hmm. think about it. And what you and I want to do, and, and presumably, is, presumably one of the things that is great for you is focus as an entrepreneur. And focus has a dark side. Creativity has a, a dark side to it. So all of these traits that we consider to be very positive and ambition has a dark side. So all these, all these and positive traits has a dark then side. can turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So extroverted people tend to be a little bit more impulsive. Well, that's good for entrepreneurs because you have to make decisions quickly with, on the basis of incomplete information and people who are more thoughtful and methodical and analytic can get, paralyzed it's like analysis paralysis and they can't make the decision without the, all the information and then you miss the opportunity so impulsivity can re- be really good but um, impulsivity you can make some reckless impulsive mistakes as well that can just damage you individually and your company and other people so um, if they're neither these traits are neither good nor bad you just need to understand what they are and then have ways of managing it so it works for you, not against you. And to that point, if I am, uh, so if I am aware enough to understand my my strengths and 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 potentially my blind spots or, or weaknesses, there, uh, what are the ways to start smoothing out the edges, if you will, or what are the things that one might do to consider? How do I make sure this doesn't go too far or I don't get too trapped up in it or have too much of the other side of these uh, manifest? Where we resources right now. And so, you know, since doing a lot of this research, I've kind of redirected myself towards creating some of those resources because the answer is um, for every problem there is a solution but you can't get to the solution unless you can really clearly identify what the problem is and many people you know you talk about what is a conscious entrepreneur many people are not conscious fully of their own basic how to describe your own basic personalities. You have um, you have your own way of talking about it, 
you know, you if if I asked you, for example, if you're driving through an intersection and the light turns yellow, are you the kind of person that's going to rush through it, or are you going to hit the brakes and play it safe? And however you answer that question, you know what the answer is, but you don't know how to translate that into. Therefore, I have this kind of a personality. So if you understand what kind of personality you have, then you can begin to identify the risk factors and proactively mitigate against that. Mm -hmm. And it starts with uh, awareness. You know, one of the things that we always say, conscious entrepreneur is, it starts with fearless self-inquiry as a way of, building personal growth as a way of working on oneself. And so figuring this out, like, where am I? Where do these things show up for me um, is critical element number one. Obviously, a lot of people work with coaches. They work with therapists. There are other support systems out there. I know that you have talked a lot about community support and ways to broaden the uh, the network of people who are who are resources to us, for example. Um, what are other conversations that you'd recommend an individual entrepreneur is having, and what should his or her support system more broadly look like? Yeah, that's a very good question, and there is no one-size-fits-all answer to that. So, for example, let's take executive coaching, which I do quite a bit of um, with entrepreneurs. My approach has been what I refer to as mental health-informed executive coaching. Because if you don't understand how you're hardwired, then you may misinterpret the pattern of ways in which your behavior undermines your success as an executive. Now, all of these, what, what is a personality trait? Personality trait means that you have the propensity to respond in the same way in similar circumstances. So you have either the propensity to rush through the yellow light or to hit the brakes ahead of time. And the kind of executive coaching that I think is the most helpful can't be done unless you first know, are you going to run through the yellow light or are you going to hit the brakes? Because if you rush through the yellow light, if you're one of those people, then the, your executive coaching would focus on developing self-control around making reckless, impulsive decisions and judgments that could that, that, that you're gonna you're gonna be overly optimistic about the nature of the opportunities you're looking for and be inclined to rush into something that seems like an opportunity without adequately assessing whether or not there are there's oncoming traffic on the left and the right that's just waiting to, to get to the green light. If you're, I, if I you're feel the, myself wanting to put my hand up and say guilty <laughs> to that particular thing. All right. So your executive coach would need to know that paradigm. If you're the person that hits the brakes before the yellow light and just plays it safe, 
then your coaching is going to be more about um, mitigating caution, mitigating your tendency to be overly cautious, because uh, and and finding ways to feel comfortable taking informed risks, because entrepreneurs take way more risk than executives and professionals. You have to in order to succeed. So if you're someone who's more risk averse, mm -hmm. you need to learn how to be more comfortable with risk. If you're somebody who has a high risk tolerance, risk propensity, you need to learn how much is too, where, where do you cross the line and get into the zone where this could blow up on you. So that's why I'm saying it has to be like mental health informed executive coaching because the advice that I would give you really depends on a lot of things that are really intrinsic to who you are as a person. Um, so uh, going back to what is conscious entre entrepreneurship, you know, to me, there's a couple levels of that. And the first level would be a certain kind of self-awareness about your personality traits. And then the second level would be a certain kind of self-awareness about do you really have any mental health issues, diagnosable, treatable, related to those personality traits so that you can proactively get ahead of that and not derail. And then the third level of conscious entrepreneurship for me is um, don't be overly identified with your business. Your business is not you. The entrepreneurs that I've worked with tend to feel like they are the hero in the action drama of their own startup. And that they, if the startup succeeds, that means they succeed. And if the startup fails, that means they're a failure. Not true. Uh, and so being able to get out of that mentality, I think, is a, a level of consciousness that allows you to be way less stressed out about building a business. I'm going to say guilty on that one also. Uh, of being way too overly involved and uh, almost commingling my internal and external uh, sort of roles, if you will. Uh, yeah, and be way, very yeah, careful feel about way that. too invested. Feel like it's overlapping. Yeah. Um, just I, you know, what I say to people is that net worth and self worth are two entirely different constructs, and. If you, if your entrepreneurial journey takes you to end up with high net worth, most good, honest entrepreneurs will tell you it has a lot to do with luck. That doesn't yeah. mean you're a genius. I, you know, I have been a serial entrepreneur myself. One of my companies did really, really well. And what was the smartest thing that we did? We just happened to be in the right place at the right time. That's it. You know, we had a product that we introduced at a moment when a market rapidly expanded and we were the only solution. So we rapidly grew with the market. And 12 years later, 
that market imploded and our company imploded too. So was I a genius when we got started? No, I was at the right place at the right time. Was I like, a, you know, an idiot when the company failed? No, it's just we had a solution for a market that didn't exist anymore. Um, but it, six months ago, that market existed, and then it just was blown up by disruption. So don't take it that seriously. And here's one study that I, th I like to tell people about. It was a, a brain scan study done in Finland, um, really beautiful, where the researchers were trying to compare the death of a business with the death of a child. And they did brain scans on parents who had lost a child and entrepreneurs who had lost a business. And what they found out was that it was the same, that the entrepreneurs Ooh. experience the loss of a business in the same way that parents experience the loss of a child. That's a huge mistake. It's, the, yeah. it's not comparable yeah. at all. No. So that level of consciousness is just reframe what you're doing. Entrepreneurship, what that really means is you're testing hypotheses. That either the hypothesis, it was accurate or it was not accurate. And if the business fails, it usually fails for reasons that are beyond the control of the entrepreneur. And if it succeeds, it usually succeeds as a result of at least some things that were just incredible good luck. Block your calendars for June 4th and 5th for the 2024 Conscious Entrepreneur Summit. Coming back to Boulder, Colorado, and now in its third year, the Conscious Entrepreneur Summit is the only in-person event that is 100% dedicated to the well-being of entrepreneurs. This is not your normal startup or leadership conference. We won't be talking about how to build a business plan, how to market or sell your product, or how to raise money. We also won't be talking about Bitcoin or AI. What we will talk about, though, are topics that are absolutely critical for you along your journey as an entrepreneur. Things like overcoming imposter syndrome, avoiding burnout, building resilience, and taking responsibility in your life. It's going to be a fantastic two days, and I would love for you to join us in June. Check out our website, which is ConsciousEntrepreneur.us for more information. I appreciate the reminder to not take everything so seriously and to separate out the self-worth discussion from the net worth discussion. Uh, those are really powerful reminders to, to have in, in our lives. Uh, you mentioned this, this question uh, of, are you the type of person who goes through the light when it's yellow or who stops uh, when the light is yellow uh, as, as kind of an indicator of other things that one might discover about oneself? What are the other questions that you would that you would uh, prompt to that, that might yield interesting insights? I assume that you have many of these, but like, what are the, what are the top ones or two that you might actually ask to to, to gauge how someone fits on a on a personality trait? Way of doing that that unfolds in the context of a dialogue with an entrepreneur, but. If you're an entrepreneur listening to this podcast, what I would say is go online and 
look up big five personality traits and take a self-test to find out what those big what your pattern of big five personality traits are. By the way, that my project that I'm doing right now is called ECONA, E-C-O-N-A. Mm-hmm. And that stands for the big five personality traits. Extroversion is the E. Conscientiousness is the C. Open Openness to experience is the O. Neuroticism is the N. And agreeableness is the A. And those are the major traits, and each of them have sub-traits. And it turns out that entrepreneurs have a very specific pattern of these personality traits. So get, you know, take one of those self-tests and find out what your pattern is and then look up what does it mean, um, what, what do each of those things mean for you personally. And if Great. you and I were to, uh, if you wanted to be an executive coaching client of mine, as we were going through your your circumstances, I would be asking questions to clarify all that. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, very cool. Let's, let's go back to um, what entrepreneurs can do to build a community support network or uh, get resources around them. I know that that's something you consider really, really important. What other vehicles are out there? I, I do think that that's important. And on one hand, entrepreneurs are advantaged for this because of extroversion. On average, ex, uh, entrepreneurs are more extroverted, meaning more outgoing and more social. On the other hand, being an entrepreneur is kind of a lonely place because all of the responsibility and all of the decisions end up being yours. And so people, entrepreneurs end up feeling quite isolated uh, for that reason. So what I recommend is really, you know, a couple of things. Number one, I have come around to believing in entrepreneurship network organizations such as Entrepreneur Organization or YPO or Vistage or Startup Grind or Global Entrepreneurship Network. And there's more of them out there. Some of them are local where you live and some of them are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say join one of those that works for you because they what they all have in common is they all channel you into something that they call a forum, which is a group of about 10 other entrepreneurs where you talk about some blend of business and personal issues. And that turns out to be a very good reference group, support group of people who are going to understand what you're going through. And if you don't yeah. want to, if you're not the kind of person that joins organizations, which is quite common among entrepreneurs, I would say nonetheless, you know, find a handful of entrepreneur buddies that you can be in regular connection with 
and have authentic relationships. You're not that you're not trying to impress each other and kind of, um, you know, always be crushing it and knocking it out of the park every every time you get together. But just have authentic relationship. Have have a group of entrepreneur friends where the the shared culture is around authenticity and mutual support. And then. Yeah, and, and an opportunity to sort of take off the mask or remove the armor, if you will, connect authentically with other humans who are also going through the ups and downs, the whole roller coaster of building their businesses and doing all their stuff and be more human. And, and, and by the way, this is exactly what we do at the Conscious Entrepreneur Summit. So that's a, we don't have forums yet. I don't know where we will, but we don't have forums currently. But as a gathering place, it's a place to all say, Hey, let's talk about what are we going through together? And the togetherness, the idea that, oh, I'm not alone in doing this does wind up being really, really powerful to help people and to help them to see, hey, I, I've got this. I can get through this, give them confidence, give them some in the inspiration that they might need at that particular point in time. Yes, that's great that you do that. And if you want to add another product feature to your your summit it could be some leadership training about how to lead authentic support groups among for entrepreneurs so that when these people when conference attendees go home they have some skills to you know to to bring these groups to life it doesn't happen by accident it has to be very intentional and that's why that the organizations mm -hmm. like that I mentioned, the networks, they have an infrastructure around the, these forums so that people know what to do and how to do it. And then part two is your friendship circle of people who have nothing to do with entrepreneurship. Um, your friends that you went to high school with or college with, the people in your, you know, your bicycle peloton where you go out or your hiking buddies or maybe you play softball or whatever it is um, and family members your close family so like friends and family where you can turn off entrepreneur mode and be recognized and valued and appreciated for who you are as a person not what you achieved in the last couple months that is very because the, you know your company has a life cycle businesses have a life cycle these companies come and go but those people in that inner circle are going to be there regardless of where things may be on the business side so i really put a lot of emphasis on keeping that going as well and then yeah no, those are those community groups uh, and, and circles and relying on family and friends uh, is something that we don't naturally gravitate to. I've seen so many entrepreneurs that when things start to go bad or they have a challenge or a problem in the business, uh, you know, won't tap into those supports that are directly around them because, like you said before, maybe they're over identified with the business and therefore don't want to talk about it because it's perceived as weakness or it's perceived as, you know, something happening that they're the cause of. Uh, and that's, that's exactly right. the time I assume that you should be doing that, right? Yes. 
those reflexes are 100% wrong. It's, I call that the um, Chinese jigsaw puzzle model, where the harder you pull, the worse it gets. The Counterintuitively, the solution to the Chinese jigsaw puzzle is push your fingers in and then you can get out. And so counterintuitively, when you feel like doubling down and burying yourself in work and not sleeping and um, becoming kind of compulsive, the actual better results are achieved if you just take a break and check in with both of your support groups. Quite. Now, um, Michael, when, when you look at this across the, the many thousands of, of clients that you've worked with and the thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs that you've interviewed and, and, and worked with as part of your research, you know, if you look at this more systemically or, or more broadly, you know, within the startup culture, within the, the, the investing world, particularly early stage VC, um, those are all huge pressure cookers for people. What do you see as changes that you want to recommend? How do you think we can navigate through this better? Assuming, you know, none of this is, is going to go away. We're always going to have these types of companies. We're going to have early stage that are, that are job creating companies and that are uh, things that are really extremely positive for the economy and for the world. But what are you seeing that, that you'd like to see changed either in VC or, or the startup uh, ecosystem? an entrepreneur at heart. I happen to be the kind of entrepreneur where at the yellow light, I stop. And that's why I'm a doctor. Like, you know, like physicians basically have zero tolerance for bad outcomes. So I tend to be more cautious maybe than other entrepreneurs. But I have, I, I, I do kind of get out there and take risks to solve big problems. And the what I'm doing right now is an answer to the question you just asked. And that is what I would like to see changed is identify and help entrepreneurs before it's too late. So you remember that in that bigger, more recent study we did, we found this 3% of entrepreneurs had made suicide attempts and 1.7% had history of psychiatric hospitalization. Um, and therefore, with my little team, we are building a screening instrument to identify entrepreneurs at occupational and emotional distress so that we can provide some kind of early intervention safety net. There's no mental health safety net for entrepreneurs right now. So step number one is screening and detection and early intervention. And um, you, and as you said, that is a systemic issue. It's not an individual issue. So uh, this is to be done with venture capital firms to screen an entire portfolio or with development banks to screen large numbers of business borrowers or with one of those networks to screen, um, you know, thousands of entrepreneurs. Uh, who are in YPO, something like that. So I, I would say if anybody who, who's listening to this podcast right now works with populations of entrepreneurs like that, I'd be happy to talk about, about that. So that's what I think needs to happen next. 
I know that you've been involved with other uh, other groups and projects. You know, one of them being the Founder Mental Health Pledge, which was set up by our, our mutual friend Naveed Lalani. Uh, that's furthering the conversation between entrepreneurs and investors and wider groups around this. Uh, I know that you're all, you've also been involved with Startup Snapshot and, and the work that uh, Yael is doing. Now, are these all part of uh, eroding the stigma around mental health with entrepreneurs? Are we doing enough to change the conversation? Yeah, you're doing more and more. And my basic attitude is I just, if anybody is doing anything in this space to reduce stigma and to improve the well-being and, and mental health of entrepreneurs, I'm personally very happy to support it. And so I'm very happy to support the Founder Pledge and Startup Snapshot and your podcast and whatever. That's, I think, what I would like my contribution to be, is to elevate and amplify that, that dialogue and bring solutions, real solutions. So at the end of the day, um, we can alleviate some of the pain and suffering and, and bad outcomes that entrepreneurs experience and, and um, support the superpowers that enable better life outcomes and business outcomes. I'm wondering whether there's uh, there is a shift going on in the conversation right now, and and conscious entrepreneur is part of it. And you're obviously one of the the one of the thought leaders here. And I'm wondering if there's a there's sort of a generational shift happening too. That, for example, baby boomers and Gen X are thinking about this a certain way versus millennials and Gen Zs thinking about it another way. What are the ways that we might make sure that we can prepare the next genera generation of entrepreneurs the best to face these challenges? Mentoring, role modeling, candid conversations, um, having on-ramps to support services. Um, I think those are some of the some of the, the ways it can be done. Um, I think the fewer clicks, the better. You know, the easier it is to get support and health, the better the outcome is going to be. Um, I, you know, I think it's best to start at the incubator level, the accelerator level, uh, with the early stage entrepreneurs because. The actually the 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 older entrepreneurs become and the more experienced they become, the less impactful these mental health issues are. They're 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 most impactful earlier on because the stresses are higher. You know, early stage entrepreneurs don't really know exactly what they're doing, and so they have more you know, whitewater and rapids to navigate without exactly knowing which paddle to pull out <laughs> to get around the curve. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that, I know that you've previously said it could extend all the way into colleges, universities, business schools. Uh, business I, schools, for example, yeah. I have, I, I got an MBA. I got an MBA at, at, at INSEAD in France and Singapore. And uh, I don't remember conversations around mental health in, in, 
general, let alone mental health in in entrepreneurship, uh, it might have changed because it's been a long time since I got my MBA. But you know, we can basically reach that far down into the educational system to destigmatize the conversation and to make sure people are starting to engage about this. I, I really endorse that. If any of your listeners on this podcast who have anything to do with entrepreneurship education and development, be it a university-based entrepreneurship program or an incubator accelerator, um, definitely include a module about, about mental health. And some do. Some are beginning to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a believer in work-life balance? Is that a thing for you? I know it's a can be a controversial topic. Some people saying there's no such thing, and other people being very strict adherence to work-life balance. I believe it's different for different people, but on average, I would say yes, with the caveat that balance doesn't mean the same thing for everybody, and. Um, I'm a big believer in restoration, taking breaks, getting out exposure to nature, having the kind of social world that I described. I'm a big believer in sleep. I'm a big believer in love and intimacy and um, having a sense of purpose and values that are bigger than, you know, your, what your, whatever your business is trying to accomplish. Um, so in that sense, I guess the answer would be yes. I'm, I'm, I think the, a, a danger for entrepreneurs, as I said, is that it can be addictive. You know, there is such a thing as entrepreneurship addiction. And if you become a workaholic or if you can't stop starting companies like serial entrepreneurs, um, can't tolerate downtime, then, then that also can be a way of getting derailed. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. And as we as we start to wrap up here, Michael, there's a few questions I like to ask everyone who comes on the show. The first one you've already answered, which is, what's your definition of a conscious entrepreneur? And you gave us that uh, three-layered answer, uh, which is incredibly helpful and a great context for people. The other two that I always like to find out about are, um, first of all, what's your practice for maintaining your well-being and resilience and mental health? So what, what happens in your life on a daily, weekly, monthly basis uh, in that regard? For me, number one is sleep. I love sleep, and I make sure to prioritize that. Number two is exercise. I exercise, you know, I wouldn't say every day, but regularly and vigorously. Um, and number three is nature exposure. Uh, I deliberately chose to live out here in California near the redwood trees where I can go out for hikes. I can, I can hike to the ocean from my house and I do you know, tomorrow with my two buddies. I mean, this, that's what's happening. Um, uh, and speaking of the two buddies, neither of them are entrepreneurs. And so friendship and um, the kind of social circle 
I described, I have that for myself. Creativity. I, uh, I belong to a group of guys that write poetry. And we, every month we have to come up oh, with cool. a new poem. Yeah, it's very cool. And it, it opens up a whole creative side that otherwise would I, I would not have access to. And then I, um, my wife and I belong to another group, uh, which is in this case, it's, uh, it's couples uh, to, and we like, we watch movies together and discuss movies. So Again, parts of your life that have nothing to do with entrepreneurship, keeping that active. That, that would be my practice. I, some mindfulness meditation, I think that's uh, a, a good source of resilience as well. Great. Thank you. And uh, when you are on your journey, and I mean, of course, you've produced a lot of the literature around these topics. Uh, both with both with that 2015 paper, our entrepreneurs touched by fire, and and now what you're doing at Econa. But what do you typically recommend to people? Are there books that you love to give away and reference? Are there uh, videos that you are always recommending? What are the what are the resources that you are often referencing or recommend as a first step for folks? Yeah, again, I don't really have a one size fits all because the resources I might recommend to you might be different from the resources I would recommend to somebody else based on whether or not you rush the stoplight. Um, but I would say the one thing that I, I do think does apply to everybody is to really know what your sense of purpose is as kind of your, your highest order of, um, of guidance. Like, you know, you what 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 is the point of the exercise? What is going to matter to you? What are the values that uh, keep you oriented? Um, for me, it's pretty simple. Uh, and you know, the the most successful businesses tend to be this, the ones that are the most simple. Um, and so, make sure that you have alignment between with whatever really is your value and your purpose as an individual, and how you conduct yourself in your individual relationships, and also in you know with your business. That to me would be the guidance. Fantastic. Well, I I appreciate this conversation. What I like most about it is you know really digging into the personality traits of an entrepreneur to see everything that's going on and. You know, we tend to sometimes either focus on just the purely great and good that's happening or just the really terrible that's happening. And uh, in in what I've learned from you, it's let's take a 360 degree view of the person who is an entrepreneur and let's try to figure out how we can um, accept what's happening, accept what our core traits are, the things that we're born with, like you were talking about. And how do I make sure that I'm expressing them in a way that is good for me, that is good for the business that I'm building, that is good for my family or other people that I'm in contact with in a way that I'm not creating harm to myself or others. And so I really appreciate the fact that you're taking a holistic view on uh, everyone here together. And I think it's a really important contribution to how we think of ourselves as entrepreneurs. So Michael Freeman, I really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much for being on the Conscious Entrepreneur Podcast. And thanks so much for having me, Alex. I think uh, what you're doing is also making a great contribution, and I appreciate that as well. 
Great. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Conscious Entrepreneur. If you're ready to go deeper into working on yourself, check out the upcoming events, articles, and resources on our website, which is ConsciousEntrepreneur.us. I'd also really like to thank the team at Hivecast for producing this episode. If you run a podcast and are looking for an awesome, full-service production company, make sure to check out Hivecast.